Hello, hello, hello. How's everyone doing? I hope everyone is having a wonderful evening. We are back with the Broken Woman's Journey series. This week, uh, we're going to be discussing emotional anxiety. Today, we're going to discuss situations where um, you may be acting in a certain way and it's actually based on anxiety. Some events and actions that you take are intentional and um, used to kind of manipulate and control situations and people. And then there's other times that uh, when you're broken, you're reacting to an anxiety or fear of something. And, and a lot of times people don't realize that there is something called emotional post-traumatic stress disorder. And when you have gone through severe emotional trauma or what may be severe to me may not be severe to you and vice versa. People's events affect people in different ways. So I can't say what was traumatic for you and you can't say what was traumatic for me. But it all comes down to how that incident affected your life and how you react in life situations. I'm going to start off with giving some examples of what emotional anxiety looks like. One is hypervigilant. You're hypervigilant, not to the point of looking over your shoulder like somebody that has um, post-traumatic stress from um, military. But you're hypervigilant watching, listening, looking to see what's going to happen next or analyzing someone's every move, word, action, and applying it to yourself or applying it to saying that this person doesn't like me or respect me because he keeps turning or she keeps turning away from me when she talks to me. So little stuff like that is hypervigilant. You're overanalyzing basic things and applying it to yourself. So it's pretty much everything is revolving around you. Every action, every word, every statement, every body movement, every eye movement, you're analyzing. So you're hypervigilant on assessing and analyzing what's going on around you and how it pertains to you. And you create, you create a story in your head around every little thing that you see and you applying it to yourself. The second thing is um, you have like flashbacks, but not to the sense, like I said, not the military flashback, but you're constantly rethinking. You're constantly reliving, rethinking, comparing, comparing um, situations to past situations. You're never living in the present. You, you're not thinking about what's going on and applying to what's going on today. You're either thinking about it pertaining to something that happened to your past or you're thinking about it as how is it going to affect something that can happen in the future. You never just live in the moment. Then you have your shame and your guilt. Now this is a cycle. This could turn into a cycle because what happens when you're dealing with emotional anxiety, like you said, you're hypervigilant, you're storing. You may not act on it right at that moment, but you're storing all these thoughts and 
these uh, assumptions in your head. And then soon as something it gets to the point where it's built up, built up, built up, then you're going to act out in some kind of way. Either you're going to make a mistake in the area. Something's going to happen to make you react emotionally to something. And depending on how severe your anxiety is, it could just be you may snap at a person. You may make accusations that aren't there. You can um, be that woman that calls somebody a hundred times if they're not answering their phone. You could be that woman that shows up. You could be that woman that busts out car windows. You could be that woman that just cannot control when that I'll call it the emotional anxiety attack occurs. You cannot control it. And you just continue to act out. But now you act out. So now something happens that now someone has found you out, especially if you've been able to hide it for a while. And then as soon as that one event happens and you're out of character or you do something that is embarrassing or you did something that you find out that you were wrong and that wasn't the case, or you do something that now they think, oh, this girl is crazy, like cray cray, you know, that type of situation. Now you gotta deal with the shame of that. And then now you're going to, you are already hypervigilant. Now you really hypervigilant because now you're gonna be like, oh, what do they think about me now? Oh no, they're gonna leave me. Oh, they're not gonna respect me anymore. They think I'm crazy or they think something's wrong with me or you know, they think I'm not competent if it's a work situation. They think I'm incompetent, I, I don't know my job. Then you become hyper, hyper, hyper vigilant. So now you are already hyper vigilant just by, by your nature before anything happens. Now something happens and now you really on edge so now you really overanalyzing and where you were able to control that situation or that response, now it's going to happen more often because now you have double the anxiety. You have double the hypervigilance. You have double the analyzing that you're doing. So now these episodes are going to happen more often because you're not going to be able to control it as much as you used to be able to control it because now you have a situation where you gave them something to analyze you and and judge you on. So then you're going to act out again. And that's the vicious cycle that happens when we're dealing with shame and guilt about doing something, especially if you accuse somebody and you were wrong. Come to find out you was wrong. You overreacted. It wasn't what it was. So now you're ashamed, you feel guilt because now it's like, you know, you just continuously go through this cycle and it doesn't get better. It gets worse and then it's more often and it goes back to the same thing to say you can't keep saying I'm like this because of this past and now you start making excuses and now you start bringing up the reasons why you're that way and you blame it on past events but the thing is you have to take ownership for it and once you identify that you fall into that cycle and it may be anxiety you have to handle that you have to do something with that um the Fourth thing is you're irritable and you're angry. You know, you just short-fused. You snap 
for no reason. You have zero patience. You yell, scream. You're angry all the time for no reason. Um, that's signs of anxiety and stress. And um, you you have to acknowledge that that's what you do. You know, anytime it's like somebody tell you, especially like dealing with the kids, like you, your patience is small. It's like you're snapping and you're yelling and you're screaming and you, you have no so some like calmness to you you're always on 10 you always maybe at a seven or eight and you everybody is walking on eggshells around you because they don't know how to approach you they don't know how to talk to you they don't know what what frame of mind you in today one day you may be calm the next day you you popping off and talking crazy to everybody you don't have any emotional consistency with you no one knows who they're getting when they run into you or when they talk to you or when they tell you something. So that's another sign um, that you may be dealing with emotional anxiety. Um, if, of course, if you abuse alcohol or drugs, that's the normal sign that there's an issue there, that you're masking and um, covering up issues and stress and anxiety. The other one for women is acting out sexually. Um, you know, it's a new thing going around that women think that they can carry themselves like men. And you have some women that says, oh, you know, I'm doing my thing. And some women are like that. And if that's who you are, that's fine. It's a you know, free country. You can do what you want. But if you are a broken woman and you know you've been through some traumatic events and this is your course of action to lead with your body and lead with sex, then that's a sign that you're hiding from a connection, an emotional connection out of fear and anxiety of being hurt again. So, you know, in our nature as women, without any society um, contributions, we are very prideful of our reputation and our bodies. You, so to act out and lead with that and just freely give it away without any type of rhyme or reason that you're just a sexual person is not technically normal for a woman to act out that way. So from a broken woman standpoint, I'm not talking about any any and every woman. I'm talking about from a broken woman standpoint. If you identify yourself as being broken and you are very sexual and that's where you feel like, oh, it, it keeps me safe. I don't have to deal with the emotional part of it. Then that's a sign of anxiety that you're dealing with to avoid having that emotional connection with someone so that you you avoid getting hurt. So that's something that you need to evaluate. It's an avoidance of intimacy because to be vulnerable, um, emotionally vulnerable is scary for you because you don't want to be hurt again. So that's something that you need to look at and acknowledge. So, um, when it comes to anxiety, there are medications that uh, you can take that is not like a narcotic 
type sedative, like a Xanax or something like that. There are medications out there that were designed to work for one situation, but find out that it does help with anxiety. But you need to speak with your doctor about it. And it it will change how you process things. It will help calm and you'll be able to process what's going on and think through things and not be so reactive. And it will allow you to really develop emotionally again without any contributing factors from the past. Um, it really allows you to settle that that crazy jumbled up anxiety and that's within you. So, you know, you could speak to your doctor about that and see if it's something that they can give that will help with that. And we go through our day-to-day life and we think we're okay, but you really dealing with very low levels of anxiety because you're afraid of commitment or you're afraid of abandonment. And sometimes there are situations where you're afraid of both. And I call that the whirlpool of emotional chaos because, you know, those when you have a fear of something, it affects and it causes you some type of stress because in one breath you want it and then in the next breath you're afraid to have it. So you're constantly pushing pulls, a pushing pull, pushing pull, pushing pull. And there's no way you can have a healthy relationship with anybody, whether it's work, personal, um, children, parents. There's no way you can have a healthy relationship with anyone until you've settled what's going on within you. And sometimes, you know, I, I realize personally that if I cannot be in a situation or around um, someone and in it not trigger my anxiety, then I'm not healed in that area. So I have one or two options. I could either force myself to be able to be in the situation and heal, or I could just remove myself. So it came to the point where I had to sit down and really decide, hmm, this situation, this group of people triggers my anxiety, whether it makes me relive things that happened in my past, whether I feel like when I'm around them, all I look at them and I see is my past, or I feel like they're judging me or they, and I had to sit down and say, okay, how important is, are these people in my life to where is it worth me having to go through all the work that I have to go through in order to feel comfortable and not have that anxiety when I'm around them? And the answer was no, they weren't, they, they are not that important to me that I have to go through the stress and anxiety of being around them. So I removed myself and because I'm not going to keep feeling subjected to the anxiety when it's not really bringing any value to my life. And 
it wasn't just that disease, it's the supportive. Are they supportive? No. Are they really, you know, there for you? No. So it's not just, oh, no, I don't want to deal with working on me. So the easy way out is to just not be around them. No, it's a totality. It's a totality of what people bring to my life and what value they bring to my life. And if the value that they bring is not equal to the value, the value that I give and is causing all the stress and anxiety in my life is not worth it for me to keep having these people around me. So, and that's when you get to the point where you able to actually assess where you are, who's in your life, what they bring to the table, how they make you feel, but it's from a clearer thought process. It's not something that you, you do when you make a decision on it while you're in an emotional, anxiety, stressful situation because we make rash decisions based on our emotions and not based on facts. And that's where we make our mistakes. And then that's where we start second guessing ourselves. And that's when we start backtracking and seeming like we don't know what we're doing. And that causes shame and guilt because we're not sure about ourselves. And the one thing you have to get to the point is being sure of yourself and trusting yourself. And in order to trust yourself, you have to figure out what's going on with you and take the necessary steps to get to the point where you're calm and you're able to make decisions based on facts and not emotions. And it's okay to walk away from things that's not serving you. It's okay to walk away from things and people that bring you anxiety, but it's not okay to give up and not do the work. So it's two different ways of looking at it. Don't quit and just remove something because you don't want to do the work. Because what's going to happen is you just taking those same issues from one situation and you're going to move it to another situation because it doesn't matter where you go and who you deal with. If you're not clear about who you are, you're going to take those issues with you from relationship to relationship to relationship, from job to job. So don't take the easy way out. Do the work. Do the work and figure out what it is that you need to do for you. And once you do the work and you identify it, then you sit down and make those decisions on who you need in your life and who you don't. All right. Um, it's always good to speak to a therapist. Always. For me personally, um, therapy does not work for me. And um, I had to find other ways to build myself up and work on me and I I work through all my issues on my own because therapy doesn't work for me and therapy does not work for everybody but if you don't try it you won't know so I know some people that therapy changed their life it was exactly what they needed um, for me it wasn't I did better working it out and figuring it out on my own and um that just worked better for me. <laughs> um, and always be intentional. You have to be intentional with your actions. You have to be intentional with your relationships. You have to be in, intentional on what you want and what you're doing every single day. 
and just know that every day is a new day, a new day to get it right, a new day to start over, um, a new day to figure out what your next move is. So it's never too late to get started. And the one thing I can say, if you are in a position now, if you have gotten to the point where you just feel numb and isolated, you have to, have to, have to start working your way out of that because that is the loneliest place to be. And I could say because I spend a lot of time um, alone. And I tell anybody, it's good to take time for yourself and it's good to take time to be alone to find yourself. But more than three to five to six months is enough. Anything past that, you're going to be way too comfortable being alone. And then once you get too comfortable being alone, it's very, very hard to let someone in. It's very hard to get out there and meet new people, do new things. And, you know, it's, it's very hard. So, you know, I'm, I, I started to have to get out and do more things and, and try new hobbies and meet new people because I was the type that I was loving being by myself. Like, I really love being by myself. Like, it's like, oh, you in my space for too long. Like, I only could deal with people for about 20, 30 minutes. And then I'm, I'm, I'm ready to go for the next, be alone for the next month. And then I get the need to be around somebody. Then I go out for a while. And then, you know, and that's not healthy. That's not, um, it's not healthy. It doesn't help with identifying your likes, your dislikes. It's not healthy to be isolated like that. You know, some people are introverts and that's who they are by nature. I'm a kind of introvert myself, but I have to force myself to make phone calls, even to, just to connect with my friends and my girlfriends, you know, because I have my good, good friends. We don't have to talk for six months to a year. And when we talk, it's like we never stop speaking. And that's not good so I have to be intentional every day I have to call somebody I try to call at least one person a day that I haven't spoke to in a while and just to keep the relationships and the connection going my next feat is to um, join um, networking groups and just get out and meet new people that uh, I don't know that I'm not used to being around and go into those events alone to force me to interact with other people and get comfortable being uncomfortable. Because if you're ever gonna succeed at anything in life, you're gonna have to get comfortable being uncomfortable. And I'm learning to be intentional on what I need and honest with myself about what I need and what I want and what I'm willing to do to accomplish it. And you could want a whole lot, but if you're not willing to do the work to get it, then you're stressing yourself out thinking about it. So you're, you're thinking about it, think about, I want this, I want this, I want this, I want this. And then when they say, that, well, I want to get that, I need to go out and, and network and meet people. But I'm an introvert. I don't like talking to people. I don't like being around people. 
and you go through this whole cycle over and over again with just stop thinking about it, stop talking about it, and just map out a plan and do it. I mean, what's the worst that could happen? God alone, find new friends. Even if you don't meet anybody, you got out the house, you had a good time. And to get comfortable being alone is to get comfortable being alone so that you could do more things without needing someone else to do it with you. So therefore, you don't have to find somebody that wants to go out when you want to go out. You don't have to find someone that likes the same things that you like. You can actually go out and live your life and do the things that you want to do because you become comfortable with being by yourself and doing things alone. And it will open up doors and you will learn that it's okay to go out to dinner by yourself. It's okay to go to the movies by yourself. It's okay to go to the museum by yourself. It's okay to go bowling, um, play golf, roller skate, whatever you want to do, whatever your likes are. Um, it's okay to do that stuff alone. And you will meet people that are there because they like doing the same thing. So actually it will be more, you know, beneficial to actually go out alone because now you're meeting people that's in the place that you like it, you know, in the place and doing the things that you like to do. And that will calm some of the anxiety of not living the life that you want to live because you don't have a significant other or you don't have a big group of girlfriends or somebody don't like to do the things that you like to do. Get comfortable being alone and doing things alone, but don't get comfortable for too long where you it's hard for you to let someone in because you got so comfortable being alone, if that makes sense. I would love to hear from you if... Um, any of this resonates with you or you're going through this and I would love to have some of you on the show if you would like to share your experiences and what you're going through and how you overcame being broken or how this journey is going for you so if you would like to share your story or if you would like to be a guest on the show you can send me an email at Take my life to 10 at gmail.com. I look forward to hearing from you and I hope you all have a wonderful weekend. Be blessed and see you next week. Are you struggling to stay motivated or keeping your team productive? Is your work life plagued with issues and conflicts that you are not equipped to handle? Hi, I'm Tracy Horton. As a certified professional and personal development strategist that has gone through my own experiences as a black female in the criminal justice field and managing people for over 14 years, I can assist you with accomplishing effective resolutions for your problems. If you are interested you can take advantage of my free 30-minute consultation by sending me a message to hortonstrategistgroup at gmail.com to schedule your appointment. Stay encouraged and remember, experience is our best teacher.